Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The gospel that we have today from Mark, we see Mary coming to Jesus with his uh, relatives, his kinsfolk. The word in Hebrew is am, which just basically translates to cousins. It's a bad translation to say brothers and sisters. That's awfully confusing. Weren't his blood brothers and sisters. They were relatives. So she comes to him. They come to him looking for him. And how does he respond? He says, who are my mother and my brothers and my sister? It's a very teenage kind of response, it seems like, right? So why is Jesus responding this way? What is he doing? <clears throat> is he rebuking his mom? Is he rebuking his mom? No. No. There's so much we can unpack, but this is how I just want to get into it this morning. I want to say this, that in his response, what Jesus is doing is he's slightly like lifting the corner of the veil, allowing us to glimpse what he intends to do with us, meaning that he intends to make us into sharers of his own divine nature. That's what he's just barely lifting the corner of the veil, that what he is by nature, right, the son of God, we become by grace adopted sons of God. Through baptism, quite literally, we receive this grace of a new identity, that before baptism, you are not a child of God, you are a creature. That's not me saying it, that's the catechism. That baptism makes us into a child of God, which is why Paul will say things like, we have received a spirit of adoption. That through this, we cry out, we have the audacity to cry out, Abba, Father, to refer to God in this way. That, Like, who calls God Abba? Father. The Son calls him Abba, Father. But we too, because of baptism, have the audacity to refer to him as Father, right? When Jesus was, when he was responding to their question, teach us how to pray, he says, when you pray, say, our Father. That must have sent chills up their spines. They must have gasped. They must have just been baffled by it. And if we call him our father, it's because by grace we've been made into Jesus' brothers and his sisters, into his family. We've received his bloodline. We've been brought into his identity. This is, this is related to that other part of the gospel, that other passage where Jesus lays out this sort of conditional statement where he's explaining how you enter heaven. He says, unless you turn and become like children, you cannot enter the kingdom. Whose children? Whose child? The father's. The father's children. So, when you consider yourself, we're going to get a little personal this morning. When you consider yourself, when you think of yourself in relation to the father, how do you see yourself? I'm going to put it this way. It might sound weird. How old are you? Like, what stage of life are you in when you think of yourself in relation to the Father? Because this is a good indicator. Like, this is a good indicator of how old we think we are before the Father. Consider this. 
Like, how much do you think you should be able to handle or manage or take care of on your own when it comes to your spiritual life? Like, how much do you think you are responsible for? How much do you think, like, God is saying, well, like, you do it, you do it. How much do you think he's asking you to manage? How much do you think you need to take on your own when it comes to your, like, spiritual life, your growth and holiness, virtue acquisition, purification, uprooting sins, all of this stuff? Because if you're like most of us, if you're like me most days, like, there's a lot of self-sufficiency in there because we think of ourselves as big, strong and capable adults before God the Father. And in many ways we are, right? I'm not talking to the preschoolers this morning. I'm talking to you grown-up daily mass people, right? That's who I'm talking to because many of you, right, you've lived amazing lives. You've had great careers. Many of you are retired. You had very respectable salaries, raising families. You had kids and now grandkids and some of you great-grandkids. You grew in wisdom and experience. You became experts in things. People seek you out for your advice. You are very, very, very capable. You can do many things, still many things for now, on your own. And because of all of that, we think that we are God's adult children. And we should relate to him as his adult children. And because of that, we, pray, we fall prey to this line of thinking that comes from the enemy where he whispers, you should be holier than this by now. Like you shouldn't still be dealing with this. You should be able to manage this on your own. You're a grown-up. You shouldn't be so needy at this point in your life. Like, Do you see how like this way of thinking breeds this sort of self-sufficiency, which Pope Benedict, he said that, Original sin resulted in the prideful presumption of self-sufficiency. I can do it on my own. I should be able to do it on my own. I should be able to manage on my own. I should be able to handle things on my own. Like, I don't need to remind you, but do you know what children are capable of doing on their own? Nothing. Nothing. I'm talking about little ones. Like, we cannot even, as little kids, we cannot even regulate our own emotions on our own. There's some, I just was reading something recently about how children require mom and dad to emotionally regulate them, to have affect regulation. We cannot even manage our own emotions, right, as on our own. But as soon as we can, like, tie our shoes and feed ourselves, we start doing this thing, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. Friends, right, look at this. Jesus is eternally the Son of God, which is to say he is always the child of God. He's identified as the eternal Son, the eternal child of God. He's always God the Father's little boy. And what do we see when we look at him? We see a little boy who says, it's so good and it's so safe to be little before my Father, to depend on him for everything, to wait on him for everything, to trust in him and everything. Like, I don't have to take care of my own needs. The Father takes care of me. I know this is a very challenging way to think about and, and approach God. But listen to this. We're going to meditate real quick for a moment on these words from St. Francis de Sales, right, whose feast day is today. He says this. I'm going to break this down. Listen to this. God takes pleasure 
to see you take your little steps. Like, just pause there. Like, those of you who are parents and grandparents, think about what was in your heart when your little ones were taking their first steps. You know, they would go from crawling to standing up on the sofa, and then maybe they venture out two or three steps, and then they fall. Did you see them fall and think, how embarrassing, you dumb baby. You, why aren't you running by now? No. <laughs> No, there's this explosion of joy and exhilaration and pride that fills your hearts when you see these few waddling baby steps, right? So your little moments of cooperating with grace, your tiny yeses, those little moments where you choose love over selfishness, where you, gosh, where you have these little victories, those, those tiny baby steps God loves. He comes to us in baby steps, and he loves your baby steps. Okay, so Francis de Sales, he continues. And like a good father who holds his child by the hand. Okay, again, pause right there. What an image. Think back. What did it mean for you as a parent, as a grandparent, to hold your little ones by the hand? When did you hold them by the hand? Probably when there was a risk of them getting hurt. You holding them by the hand, it wasn't overpowering or you exerting dominance or trying to manipulate. It was gentle and strong and loving and tender. The Father holds us by the hand. Then he says this, He will accommodate his steps to yours and will be content to go no faster than you. Why do you worry? So good. He accommodates his steps to your steps. He's not demanding that you move faster. He's not like a high school football coach who's just like beating the drum to make you move faster. He's like, I will walk as fast as you walk. Because look, he knows how small your legs are. And he knows how short your stride is. And he knows how big those steps are. Those are big steps for little legs. I always think about that when I'm standing out there greeting people after Mass, when little kids come out. I'm like, those are some big, big steps for little, little legs. And the Father knows it, right? And every once in a while, what does a parent do? What do you do when you're holding your kid's hand? Every once in a while, you might... All of a sudden, you go from like one step to, I just scaled four steps. I just suddenly became Superman. How did that happen? I have a father who holds my hand and every once in a while enables me to do something that I couldn't do on my own. He makes me feel like Superman. And I love how Francis de Sales asked this question at the end. So why do you worry? Friends, I just want to invite us today, as we contemplate Jesus lifting the veil, inviting us into his own life and identity as the child of God, the son of God, the beloved of God, the little one of God, I want to invite us to like, let, us, let yourself be little today. And everything that that means, let yourself be little, let yourself be God's child today. Amen.